And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbins, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com, and listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks, made out of bamboo. Now let's get into our weekend recap, brought to you by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. T-shirts, head covers, stickers for the man cave, flags, polos. They've got it all. Good Minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there. Go and check out Beauty Status on all socials. Their website is www.beautystatushky.com. And... Before we get into our weekend recap, sorry, it is May 23rd. We are recording. This is going to come out on the 25th. Um, we are joined today by Jack Mason, my producer. I am Gage Osmus, Ozzo, Chief, Sue, you know me as everything. I've got a very special guest coming on this episode. Sorry, Ols isn't with us today. He's got uh, some family obligations he's got in town. He just got his new deck in 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 place he just you know did the mulch around town it's he's throwing a little yard party we we get it but uh we've got cole smith coming on brainerd native um played in the mjhl for steinbach went to und now he plays for the nashville predators um unbelievable story great great interview with cole smith so you can look forward to that but uh let's get into our weekend recap here mace what'd you get up to how was so... lincoln Oh my God! I we talked about it a little bit last week, but man, that town is that's a great town to be in. Um, got work off Thursday and Friday, so went down there a little bit early. Um, Thursday night we did a little bar crawl, um, and that's when we ended up watching the uh, Carolina Panthers game, game one, and we started watching it at the first bar. And it was still going on when we got to the fourth bar. And that's when it finally ended. So, I mean, that game just would not end. Like, we were putting in an absolute shift, and we were just trying to watch the game end, but it just wouldn't. But uh, it was a fun night. Well, I'm going to stop, stop you there just to cut in. It's hilarious <laughs> you say that because the first overtime ended, or actually, regulation ended. And I was sitting with my dad, and I'm like, yeah, I can't risk it. I gotta go to bed. It's uh, it's Sunday or whatever. I can't, I I gotta go to bed. I can't risk it. I'll see the score in the morning. And then I woke up and saw four overtimes. I'm like, thank God. Like if I would have stayed up the first overtime, I would have been. I would have stayed up the whole time. And there was a there was a goal in that first overtime, but they overturned it, so it ended up going on for another like complete ass game. So it went on for a while. I don't blame you for going to bed, but. Then Friday, I uh, woke up a little hung, and then my sister took us on a little campus tour, saw our sorority, saw the business school, kind of took a little walk, and then we ended up hitting the sports bar at night to watch some more hockey. And then Saturday, um, that was her graduation day, which is pretty fire. 
um, which was in the actual like football stadium, which is super nice. And they like hand out all of the diplomas personalized for every single person, which is insane to think about because they had 2,600 oh, yeah. grads. Like what, how is that even possible? But then after that, uh, hit some grad parties, which apparently is a thing down there. Like I thought that was only a high school thing, but some of her friends like rented out bars and shit, which is pretty cool. And that's what I thought. You know what? Normalize college grad parties because graduating college is an achievement. Graduating high school is expected. Why are we all having graduation (laughs) parties when it's expected that you graduate high school? It's like, that's the least you can do is graduate high school. You know, it's it's not that hard. You basically just show up, just show your face. You show up, you'll get at least a B. Yeah. The only people who fail are just the ones who miss like 200 days of school. It's like, yeah, you're going (laughs) to fail. Yeah. I don't know why that's not more of a thing. Like some of her buddies like rented out some bars and it was only like 400 bucks for three hours. Like, man, if I would have known that back in college, I would have asked if Bonzers would have let me rent it out for a night. Like, fuck, that would have been electric. But then we ended up yeah. just hitting the bar, watching some more hockey at night, and uh, went home Sunday. So super fun weekend. Anytime I go to Lincoln, it's an absolute time and a half. Gotta love the bars yeah. down there. I almost got to book a trip. I was just in Lincoln just for work, and I left right after. But I almost got to get down there and see what the Cornhuskers are up to because you've been talking it up so much. I mean, they got to be absolute beauties. And, I mean, you know, they're – they got like a nice little downtown. It's the capital of Nebraska. So they got a nice little downtown area that's right by campus. There's bars all over. And I mean, it's like 20 degrees hotter than it is up in the city. So we're walking in shorts and a t-shirt to every bar. Like it's unreal down there. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I'm jealous. I want to get down there. Oh, you should for sure. Are you are you sad? So is your sister kind of sad? She's out of college. I mean, what's her game plan now? I mean, she's got to be kind of like, fuck. Am I ever going to go back to Lincoln? Oh yeah. I mean, so I think her plan right now. She was super sad. I mean, that's kind of why we went to the sports bar on Friday and Saturday is because she was just having some time with her gals and went out to the bars with them. So we just kind of went to a sports bar, watched the hockey game, whatnot. So. Her plan is to kind of look for a job down in Omaha. There's a little bit more opportunities there than there is in Lincoln. So her and some friends are going to look there. And then if she doesn't find anything, she'll probably come back to Minneapolis for a little bit. But kind of just playing it by ear. Exciting, exciting part of life, but also scary as hell because you're excited to like be an adult, but you're also like, fuck, I got to be an adult. Oh, sucks. That same thing happened to me when I graduated. The only thing I knew that was going to happen was this podcast. We started this podcast a week after I graduated. I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have anything lined up. So it was a fun little, it's a fun little time between graduation and starting. It's probably better doing this than uh, when you started, (laughs) when when you didn't have your job. Oh man. It It was just like summer break all over again, even though I graduated in the winter. I mean, Drinking most days, you know, hanging out with the fellas, you know. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah. Well, that's a good weekend, Mace. I uh, Friday, I started my weekend off Friday, went golfing with um, John Simonson, Colton Sanderson, and Luke Johnson. A um, couple old old teammates from the UND team there. We played at the Country Club. 
perfect night for golfing, you know, 60, 67 and sunny. Um, unbelievable. No excuse. It was like a no excuse day. You, you should play your best and having a good time. And I'm on a team of John Simonson and we've got the lead, you know, six, six, seven holes in. I put one in the water on hole eight and <laughs> kind of fall apart on hole eight and nine. And, you know, John's a funny guy. He, he's serious. He doesn't like to lose. And we've got, you know, money on the line on this match. And I hit a bad shot on nine and I'm like, fuck. John's looking at me like Bob Barker's looking at Happy Gomer, you know. I fucking came here to win this thing, you know. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off, John. God damn it, I'm trying, man, you know. Um, but no, we had an unbelievable time out there. Uh, we ended up playing more than 18 holes, actually, because we just couldn't stop. And then oh, we went to, Parrot, went to Parrot's K after and... Uh, Obviously ordered some wings there and had a pitcher of beer and what uh what, what level of wings do you get? What kind of level of shark sauce? So if I'm going them doused, I go seven, but if I ordered on the side, I'm going ten. Mm, okay. What are you okay. what are you going with? I'm usually a shark twelve guy. Yeah, that's I like them a little spicy. spicier. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that though. I mean, even the the 10s, when I'm dipping them in there and I'm dipping my fries in and shit, it's like, towards the end, I'm like, God, that's got a little fucking heat. Oh, yeah. It's got some, it's got some bite to it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, then, and then you go home the next day and it's Saturday. I had, I had a really relaxed Saturday and Sunday. I had to do some work on Sunday. So Saturday, I basically just laid in my bed and then, um, got up and, and watched you know, I do want to shout out. Well, actually, I'll save that. But I watched some golf. Um, all all time watching major major golf. I watched it Saturday and Sunday. I love watching the majors. It's all the all the live guys, all the guys you want to see. Um, so I had a nice relaxed weekend. You know, I've got uh, Memorial Day coming up here, and then the following weekend is our Sioux alumni trip. Um, oh in charleston south carolina so that'll okay. be it's it's you know usually we're on the west coast we're going to scottsdale or um vegas or somewhere like that we went to nashville a year but charleston's going to be an un unbelievable time i've never been there before i've heard the golf is good it's actually you know we we call it the golf trip but we've done six golf trips now and we've We've basically golfed like nine holes each trip. It's not a golf trip at all. It's just us hanging out. And, you know, it's it's more acceptable when you call it a golf trip to everyone else. You know, yep. you're like telling your parents and your girlfriends and like your wives, like, yeah, it's a golf trip. It's basically just us reminiscing, telling the same old stories we've heard millions of times, but oh, retelling yeah. them. And they're just as funny every time, but really looking forward to that um it's gonna be unbelievable but well i guess we can we can move on a little bit to the nhl playoffs and just skim over it a little bit what's happening the panthers are up three nothing right now and vegas is up two nothing i you know what we did this we did this smitty interview before this but I forgot to ask him if if the Vegas flu is a real thing. You know, oh. you go to Vegas, you go to Vegas, and 
are you not playing your best because you're you're a little hung because you're going out? But um, I, I I don't know. The Florida thing is just insane to me. Bobrovsky is, I mean, he is by far and away the Con Smith winner. Con Smith winner, whatever however you say it. Um, at this point, I don't I don't know how you're gonna beat him with him playing goalie. Have you seen some of the saves he's making? It, you can't score. You cannot score on him. Dude, he's unreal. Did you hear the stat that he loses like 15 pounds of water weight each game? I mean, How that is dude's that already possible? like that's insane. Like that dude's already like pretty skinny. Like I'm sure he's shredded for sure, but like he doesn't have 15 pounds to lose every game. Like he's skinny shit. as hell. Have you seen a picture of him? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think his fucking thighs touch when he fucking stands up. 15 pounds, man. I use this. I sweat a lot. I'll, I'll start sweating if I'm just driving a car and there's traffic or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just like I start sweating. But I played a lot of games and some games, you know, pat on my back. I played quite a, quite a few minutes in some of those games. And I never even got close to, like, losing seven pounds, let alone 15. I guess he's standing out there the entire game. but And he's got the big pads on and everything. But holy <laughs> shit. How is he even standing at the end of the game? Like, how does he not need an IV? Oh, God, dude. I mean, he looks abs- He looks like he's skinning, but I saw, like, one picture of him in the locker room. He just looks like he's an absolute skeleton. Like, I don't know how that's even possible. And it sucks because I was talking shit on him that first episode when we had Judy on and we were making predictions. I was like, oh, you know, not too big of a Bobrovsky fan since he played at, uh, Columbus, but now I'm just getting put in the dirt right now, like. Shit, he's been playing oh, yeah. people, unreal. People were chirping his contract and and doing all this and that, and now it's like that might be the best contract in the NHL. <laughs> and then he had a fucking interview. I think it was actually last night, Monday night, with spitting or not spitting chicklets with uh, TNT, and he was like super grateful for where he is, and he's like, oh yeah, it's been it's been a great journey. So like, I'm definitely turning around on him, like. Definitely might be cheering for Florida, but I mean, at this point, I don't care who wins as long as it's an East Coast team. I don't want Dallas or Vegas to win, you know. Florida would be awesome. I would mm-hmm. love for Florida to win. That'd be that'd be great. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my eyes have been on the Florida, the Florida Carolina series just because of Florida, like Dallas and Vegas. Now, Mace, did you see? Did you see Suter? kind of kind of blow the game for Dallas like how does that make you feel because here's the thing I've, I've been seeing a lot of people like oh yeah Suter you deserve it a lot of wild fans hate Suter right now but Suter if you go down the all-time wild player list like Suter is top five maybe like he was unbelievable for the wild why is there so much hate for this guy he he actually gave us so much as as wild fans I think most of the hate just stems from that we're still paying him and that fans are just salty about that. Like, I was thinking that same thing, too. Like, when he was here, he was he was pretty damn good. Like, he was I mean, yeah, sometimes he needed a folding chair when he was playing defense, but, like, he was pretty shut down, played a good game. But, I mean, he's, he's a little cheap. He was a little cheap in that Minnesota series, but I don't know. I don't understand the full hate for him, but... I, I guess I don't either, whether it's maybe it's because of his personality or something that I don't know. I don't know him personally, but yeah, uh, there was uh 
there's some speculation going on after he got traded from Minnesota that he's kind of a nuisance in the locker room and kind of causes issues and whatnot, which I could totally see like his post game interview the other day after that bad play. He was like, Oh, well, did you fucking watch it? Like, I was like, okay, dude, like shit. terrible, terrible response. Yeah. And I mean, now mm-hmm. they're down four Oh to Vegas right now, halfway through the second, like, not looking too hot for the stars right now. Yeah, I mean, they haven't lost at home yet, like Carolina has. So you don't know, but yeah, they're they, they're definitely gonna battle back. But we'll oh, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Um, either way, the NHL is not gonna be happy about the ratings on the Stanley Cup because I don't think there's gonna be many, which sucks. But no. it's good. You get some get some new blood in there. Get some new teams winning games. It's good for the game, I think, in the end. But um, we'll move on to our uh, fun stuff brought to you by Butter Golf. And we'll start off with our nail gun of the week. Mace, do you want to start us off? So, yeah, I can start us off. I I kind of kept track over the weekend of some nail guns and candy asses from the weekend. So first one I'm going to start off with. Uh, one of the highways going into Lincoln is called the Cornhusker Highway. So what, what an elite name to name a highway. Uh, it's just a quick one. but Sick. Uh, so we're uh, out at the bars Thursday night, and it was probably almost 1 a.m., 2 a.m., getting down to it. And we go to this kind of dive bar place, and some dude's checking IDs outside, whatever. Like, don't think much of it. And then as soon as we get inside, we get our eyes ids checked again and we're like oh that's kind of weird well we figure out the guy outside was just hammered checking ids didn't even work for the bar at all he just felt like checking ids and i love that five minutes later yeah (laughs) five minutes later we see him walk in get a beer and like he was looking at mine for like a minute i'm like what the fuck is wrong with my id i'm 23 years old like what are you doing but yeah (laughs) turns out he doesn't even work for the bar um oh it's unreal and then uh i think it was friday night uh we went to this place called brewskis it was a little sports bar in lincoln uh, and we just went to watch the dallas stars game and right at the bar there's this dallas stars fan i'm like oh fuck i i don't even want to sit by this dude like it's gonna be a long game turns out to be a super sick dude super nice loves watching hockey well all of a sudden, Rupe Hin scores, and he turns to the bartender. He's like, all right, give me a shot of Rumpelmans. And we're like, what kind of psycho is ordering Rumpelmans at the bar by himself? Turns out every time Rupe Hin scores, he takes Rumpelmans. And then every time Jamie Ben scores, he takes a shot of Jameson, which I thought that was all time. That's good shit. That's, that's fandom at its best. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, there's been quite a few games this playoffs where I've had to Uber home and whatnot. And I was like, oh, that dude's an absolute nail gun. Um, And then my last one, got to give it to Brady Kachuk. I mean, two OT goals. And the best part about it is he scores the goal and just points right at the door and they leave. I th- I think that shit is fucking hilarious. Like, that's all time. Yeah. Like, that's good shit. Yeah. All good nail guns of the week there, Mace. I'm going to go with uh, my first one here is an elephant painting 
an elephant with its fucking nose or whatever you call it. I don't know what they call it. The the trunk. So the elephant's got a paintbrush in its trunk and it literally paints with black paint an elephant standing there. And it's probably a better elephant than I could paint. Couldn't believe no it. Couldn't believe it. I don't everything I looked at, it was a real video of this elephant. I I still don't know if it's real, but it's out there. It's insane. You guys gotta check it out. Um and then I also had a guy he's got a bow and arrow and he's standing in front of a pitching machine, like a baseball pitching machine. And the pitching machine set at 80 miles per hour and he's got a bow and arrow and the thing pitches the ball and he shoots the arrow and he just, he nails the arrow like right when it's in front of him. It's, I don't know like if there's a technique to it or what whatnot, but he does it two times in a row to like show that's not fake. And I don't know, like humans are crazy. It's a humans are crazy story. Um, and then my fourth, my third one is going to be Brooksy Kepka winning the PGA Championship. Um, as I said, watch golf this weekend. Watched all the PGA. I love majors when all the live guys and PGA guys get together. And Brooksy, you know, comes back from injury. The guy is just a fucking nail gun when it comes to majors like he's he's always near the top he's got similar stats to tiger woods when it comes to majors um i gotta shout that guy out and then he's at the florida panthers game after with brady kachuk also a nail gun just absolutely demolishing the cup so did you see the video of uh brooks kepka just absolutely dialed in on the game oh yeah clapping (laughs) yeah yeah Oh man, so he was having, like for sure. Oh, he was having a great time. He he went on part of my take after, like right after he won, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm probably not gonna sleep the next few days. Uh, it's gonna be unbelievable." He he loves winning majors. That's all he thinks about. It's actually nails. Like, I know the golf nerdos won't won't like it because he's like, "Oh yeah, he doesn't try in the other tournaments," but. No one really cares about the other tournaments. At the end of the day, it's all about how many majors you win. And he's got five of them now, which is past Rory McIlroy and all the other guys. I mean, he's the best golfer since Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, I think. And people argue Rory, but it's like, this guy's won five majors, and I don't see him slowing down. I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to, you know, the U.S. Open's coming up in two weeks. Like, how is he not the favorite for that? Mm-hmm. Um, but those are my nail guns of the week. I, I didn't have another one. Um, we'll move on to the candy ass of the week now. Mace, do you want to start us off with the candy ass of the week? Yeah, I can start us off. Um, so at the uh, graduation ceremony, um, Nebraska's chancellor, I guess it's like his last year or something, was doing all the speeches and whatnot. I mean – not gonna lie like we had when i graduated we had happy harry's owner speak to us and god that was an all-time speech like i'll never forget that but this guy was super dry like you know just kept going on and on and then at one point he's like i have a song that i want to like stick with you guys and like i heard it the other day and i thought it would mean a lot so this dude starts singing like the 70 year old man starts singing 
<laughs> like it was everyone went dead quiet because nobody knew if it was like a joke or not and like this guy was not a great singer or whatnot but i mean kind of nail gun just to get out there and just fucking put yourself out there like that but oh man it was it was yeah, tough to listen but, to uh, come on know your audience like is this the right time you got a bunch of people there like oh i wish i had a fucking video of it because it was like I don't know some song about the journey and whatnot like no song that anyone's ever heard like oh, yeah it's hilarious but um and then i gotta shout out people who bring air horns to graduation i mean what kind of fucking shit is that like people people are fucking half the graduates are halfway across the football field walking up on the stage there's four different stages so you're not even getting your name announced and these families yeah. would bring air horns in and fucking rail off air horns. Like, your student's not going to hear that. Like, you're just being annoying. Like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of candy ass. Yeah, I don't I don't like when the people do extra more than everyone else. It's like, all right, we all graduated. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, and they're not going to hear. Like, it's fucking far away. But, and then my last one. Uh, so, on one of the days in Nebraska... Uh, I made a bet with myself that I had to try Runza, and I don't know if you've ever had a gauge, but oh. holy shit, I can't name a worse fast food item than that. It was Runza. What? What? What is it? So you take. Imagine you get like a half a sub of like bread, like Jimmy John's bread, cut it in half, open it up, and you put like a little bit of meat, a little bit of onion, and some cabbage, and then some cheese on top. And I mean, that sounds all right. But Who the it was fuck's just, eating that? Dude, it was so, it was the worst thing I've ever had. Me and my dad got halfway through ours, and we're like, you know what? Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> we rated it like a three out of ten. And like, I just wanted to try it, because I know like Nebraska people are super crazy on it and whatnot, but oh my god, like, it was so bad. So Nebraska people like that shit. Oh, dude. I mean, we were sitting, we like dined in or whatever in the restaurant just so like we could get the full experience. And we we're seeing people go through the drive through and order them. And when I was at graduation, people were ordering fucking runs at graduation. I was like, what kind of psychopath are you? Like that shit is disgusting. <laughs> it was, I mean, I'm, gross. I'm a guy who like, I, you know, Burger King, you know, you can at least get like the chicken fries and maybe like a dollar burger and it's decent. But I mean, I don't know if I had five or six beers. I don't know if I'd be getting a runzo when I'm drunk. Like, it's just not even good. Yeah, yeah I mean, this this brings <laughs> up my thought of like, you know, I always see it's more so down south, but I always see Long John Silver's open and I'm like. Who the fuck is keeping these places? Who the who's keeping the lights on in these places? Who's ordering seafood from a fast food joint? Like, are you kidding me? I like a burger and chicken strips are one thing, but you're you're ordering like fish, like Long John Silver's? Are you kidding me? Dude, I'd put Long John Silver's over Runza. I mean, I used to get Long John Silver's all the time growing up, but oh my god, this shit was just terrible. Like, I, I don't know how people yeah. eat that and, like, fucking love it. It's even, like, for me, it's KFC, and I know people like KFC, but it's, like, 
I'm not eating deep fried chicken from KFC. Are you kidding me? Like, no chance. I know it's good. I know people like it, but it's, and even they're getting mashed, but it's not even like the chicken. The main items on the menu at fast food places don't bother me. It's like the side orders, like mac and cheese and like corn and mashed potatoes from Kentucky fried chicken. It's like, do you know how they're making that? Like, the chicken makes sense. They're just dipping in like the fryer, but. Those mashed potatoes, like, they ain't, like, they ain't making those. Oh, I'm such a, I I love the KFC mac and cheese and mashed potatoes, which probably yeah. devalidates my whole point, but, oh, man. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I know people love it, but I just, I can't get myself to do it because it's like, that is fucking wild. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's funny. I mean, you're, what you just described to me, though, what Runza, that sounds... Mm absolute awful dude i mean you'd think it it kind of sounds like a philly almost but no not even close like imagine you eat you bite into a white castle burger but there's no burger like it's oh. just terrible too much no pickles. bread like yeah you're just filling up on bread oh god it was i i will i'm glad i tried it i i wanted to try it and see what the experience was like because i've heard all the Nebraskans fucking live by it and they love it. But my sister's like, oh, it's the most disgusting thing ever. So I had to try it yeah. and oh my God, it's awful. It is disgusting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you tried it for me so I don't have to try it anymore. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good. Whenever I go to Lincoln, I'll make sure not to go to Runza's no matter what everyone's telling me to do. Oh, do not. Do not. <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right, for my, for my candy ass of the week, my first one, the major one is going to be Brandel Shambly. He's a guy on Golf Network. He, he's an analyst, kind of like Charles Barkley is for TNT and NBA, or Paul Bissonnette is for TNT NHL. Brandel Shambly is such a stuck-up golf, like, the thing about golf is golf can be, you know, it's this prestigious game that has all this etiquette, but then there's so many new people coming into golf where they're like, okay, some of the etiquette's good, but some of it's like too far. Shamblay's mm-hmm. Shamblay's a guy, Brandel Shamblay, he's a guy who takes it too far. He hates live golf. He hates every golfer that golfs in live golf. He doesn't want to want him to play in the Ryder Cup, and the Ryder Cup's the USA versus you know Europe in golf, mm-hmm. and it's a huge deal. It's one of the best tournaments every two years that comes around. And Chambly's like, yeah, no, they're they're talking about if Brooks Kepka and like Bryson DeChambeau and these other guys in live can play on the Ryder Cup, and Chambly's like, no, they can't play in the Ryder Cup. There's no chance. Like, can't do it and i forget who he was who he was battling they they actually had a standoff at the end but the other guy's like well isn't it just you know isn't it just country versus country so if you're from this country and you play golf like if you're the best golfer you play for that team and then you you battle each other it doesn't have anything to do with you know the pga tour or anything and he's like yeah no i mean yeah, you are playing for your country. We're playing golf. And then the the other guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, we're playing golf. Well, the basis of the story is Brent Chamblay doesn't want those guys to play on the Ryder Cup team because they play on live golf and they make a lot of money and they, 
they get paid by the Saudi Arabians or the, you know, the Emiratis where, you know, it's a lot of sketchy money over there kind of thing. And there are ethical concerns about it, but it's like, listen, buddy, everyone's doing, everyone's accepting money from all these unethical people. Okay. Like even the PGA, the PGA tours, biggest sponsors, I think there's two of them. One of them's FedEx. They are Saudi Arabian companies. Like they're the PGA still getting paid by these companies. Like it's just so dumb. And this guy takes it so seriously. And it's like, buddy, they're literally getting paid by someone to play golf. It's not like they're some like terrorist communist, like, Quit acting like you're the best guy in the world. It's another case of like all these people want to act like they're the nicest person in the world. They're the nicest person you've ever met. And they're not. And it's like they expect everyone else to like live up to the standard that they think they're living up to. And it's just so stupid. And I wanted to shout him out as the candy ass of the week because that guy just gets on my nerves so bad. And, um, oh, scoring update. Sorry, in the middle of the candy ass of the week scoring update, Vegas Dallas game three. Vegas is up four nothing in the and second. The there's a pretty interesting call that just happened and fans started throwing shit on the ice and they just called it a period. They just went down the tunnel. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Like there was twenty three seconds left and they just all went down the tunnel. Dallas is going to get in trouble for that one if fans are throwing shit on the ice. They're going to be a man down. And the penalty was on Dallas, too, so we'll see. That's crazy. But, yeah, and then my other – we'll continue on the candy ass of the week. My other candy ass of the week was – and sorry again, Mace, if you're one of these guys, but – (laughs) <laughs> the people the people putting the paper up on the mirror and then putting an object behind the paper and then going to the side of the mirror and they're like how does the mirror see the object it's like are you people fucking serious like oh my God. it's a simple angle like your lens bounces off the off the mirror right here and it angles onto the object like it is not it's not a surprise like it's just so dumb to me that people find this amusing and it's like, look at this, it's just crazy. It's like, no, it's not. It's just, that's the way angles work. I laughed so hard when I saw Perps tweet back at you. <laughs> oh my like, God. How does it actually, ha- how does it actually happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh fuck. It's so good. Um, but yeah, that was my, that was my last candy ass of the week. Um, I don't know. I just had to shout out those people because it's just so ridiculous to me um, that they fall for that stuff. And I don't know. Um, Mace, I did want to get into our favorite number five, but I want Ols to be on here for that. Um, So I'm just going to skip over that and just head right to Smitty's interview here because it is a good interview. Um, A kid that, you know, didn't get recruited out of college, didn't make a USHL team. He goes up to Manitoba and plays in the junior leagues up there for two years, ends up finding him a spot, himself a spot. Uh, North Dakota, when he's called too soft to play at, you know, the University of Minnesota Duluth um, and finds his way to the NHL, and that's where he's at right now. So um, I think you guys will enjoy this one now, Cole Smith. 
Let's move on to the next segment here. And before I've got a, we've got a new sponsor in the game. Are you looking to elevate your cannabis experience to the next level? Look no further than Superior Molecular, the Gretzky of the cannabis industry. With their top-notch THC-infused beverages and snacks, including their delicious Granny's line, Superior Molecular will have you pucked up and buzzing all game long. Fuck yeah, I love that. Pucked up, are you kidding me? I'm ready to get pucked up right now. So next time you're in the market for high-quality cannabis products that deliver the ultimate slap shot of flavor and potency, choose most Superior Molecular. They're the real MVPs of the cannabis world and proud sponsors of our Has-Beens podcast. You can find their product at superiormolecular.com. That's superiormolecular.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's uh, Mace during the editing process. I uh, just thought that I would let you guys know that Gage's mic was having some issues for the first 20 minutes of the interview. Uh, but after that, it gets fixed and he sounds normal again. So thought I would just let you guys know that before you get into it. And I hope you enjoy your interview with Cole Smith. And now we'd like to welcome on a very special guest from Brainerd, Minnesota. He is also a NODAC alum. Love the guy to death, Cole Smith. Smitty, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So, Smitty, I mean, we, we basically go through, you know, everyone's path and how they play hockey. I think yours is really cool. So, obviously, you grow up in Brainerd. Um, you're a tremendous athlete, so you had to play multiple sports growing up. We kind of always ask guys, you know, um, how did you – when did you realize hockey was your thing? How did you – you know – when did you realize and why did you want to play hockey instead of these other sports that I'm sure that you were really good at? Yeah, I don't. There's uh, I still don't know exactly. Can't put my put my finger on it exactly. But it was a decision my senior year, pretty much of high school. Um, I played football in high school, ran track, played hockey. Um, so when it came time to my senior year, I was kind of figure out what I wanted to do afterwards. And it's kind of down to two decisions: either play, try to play college football, or try to go to play juniors, try to go the hockey route. And I don't know. I had a lot of faith in kind of my head coach at the time, Jim Archibald, and he said there's a good chance for that. And I kind of looked at it two different ways. Um, the longevity aspect of hockey, if you're able to make it, play four years in college. There's a bunch of different levels of pro. Uh, my uncle did it that way. And so I, I didn't know where I was going to end up, obviously. I had to go play juniors and try to figure figure stuff out. But I always figured that if I played, tried two years of juniors and came back and no luck, there'd always be an opportunity to maybe walk on for football somewhere or do whatever in hockey. So I don't know, my senior year is kind of when I made that decision. And we played, I started playing elites my senior year, played elites hockey in Minnesota and played high school football that year. Yeah, I did the, uh, I did that same that same thing when I was in high school, played football, and then you, you get done with the Friday night game and you travel down to the cities to play the elite games. Um, pretty hectic life, but like you said, I mean, you didn't make the decision until you were a senior. So when you were growing up, Smitty, were you, were you always a stud hockey player or were you kind of middle of the pack just finding your way? Um. I would say stud, I think for a stud kind of for our area, um, not if you look at the overreaching in Minnesota, I don't think anybody would uh, take a second glance at my name on a piece of paper there to start. But I think for my age level and our group of guys here is always kind of one of the top guys like on our teams and stuff. 
Um, then we got into high school and was definitely one of the top guys there. And But still, I think even my senior year when I graduated, I don't think there's any college that even knew my name or anything. Um, I, th- I did end up getting yeah. drafted, I think, in the 13th round in the USHL. So my name was out there somewhere, I guess. Did you, Smitty, did you try to play, did you try out for that USHL team and get cut or something? Or Yeah. Well, I mean, you obviously end up playing in the MJHL. Yeah, so I was, whatever, 13th round to Sioux Falls that year. Um, went to tryouts, kind of ended up getting cut right there towards the end on the last day. And that was the year they ended up winning it. So I think they had some pretty good guys there anyways. But then it's the decision of where I'm going to end up after that because it's not knowing they want you to go to the AHL or the NHL. And there's just so many teams there. Um, I didn't know where to go there because I was kind of a free agent. Could have kind of went to any camp that I wanted to. But uh, up in Steinbeck, Manitoba, we ended up going. Their head coach, Paul Dick, um, played professional hockey with my uncle, Sandy. And so we had kind of a connection there. Um, talked to him quite a bit, and so I kind of just put my trust in having someone in my corner to kind of push for me on that college level, and so that's kind of where the decision was to go up there, and I mean, it turned out pretty well to put my faith in him, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, now obviously it turned out well. I mean, you ended up at the University of North Dakota out of the MJ, out of Steinbeck. Probably doesn't happen too often. I mean, when does the University of North Dakota come to fruition or come to light? Like, when does it become an opportunity for you? Like, was it your – I mean, I'm looking at your stats right now. You had 23 games your first year juniors, 23 points, sorry. Okay, probably in the MJ. And then your next season, 61. I mean, you obviously lit up your, sec- your second season. So, was it kind of a second-year thing? Like, okay, now they're seeing me. And, I mean, did you – were you talking to colleges your first year junior? Yeah, I think, well, my first year, right in October of juniors, um, October, end of October, I ended up getting sports hernia surgery. And I think it was also, so that injury kind of put a damper on things to start the season. And then just, you're moving to a new country, my first time in juniors, away from the family. I think it's a little adjustment there. And just, I think, going back my second year, I was pretty comfortable, kind of knew everybody, knew the way things worked. And you know, was able to have a really good year. That first year, I didn't talk to too many colleges really um, at all. And then the second year, um, I talked with our coach a bit, and he'd be like, these guys have talked to you a little bit, talked about you a little bit. But North Dakota came to visit, um, I think, right at, uh, you guys must have been at Christmas break my uh, second year. They came up to visit um, in December. So that's the first time I had contact with them was December there. I mean, Smitty, before you, when you were in juniors, before you started talking to teams, where did you want to play college? Was there a certain school or you didn't care? It didn't, didn't matter. Just you'll go play anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I was, I would have gone anywhere in the country to play college hockey, especially at the division one level. Um, I mean, I think growing up, I always had kind of a strong connection with uh, UMD just because that's where my uncle played. And, you know, whenever you have family members that played at a certain area, you kind of have a special spot in your heart for that. Um, my dad played college football in St. Cloud, so I went to a lot of St. Cloud hockey games as well with my buddies. But oh, yeah. I don't know. There's a, the UND, you know, everybody hears about that. And Minnesota, obviously. I didn't think Minnesota was ever something in my radar that's uh, 
not my kind of game, so I didn't think they would be too interested. Yeah, you're, you're too hard nosed. <laughs> you drink too many beers. You're too hard nosed for that game. Yeah, <laughs> too many bush lights go down there. <laughs> so, were you kind of? I mean, did Duluth and Saint Cloud come knocking as well when North Dakota did? Um, no. Um, it's actually kind of it's kind of funny looking back at it. Um, because uh, our our coach there in juniors too had a good connection with Sandlin there. They played i think professionally or knew each other pretty well and i think he's watched a few games and ended up saying it was uh it was too soft for them so um that didn't work <laughs> out <laughs> no fucking way so he actually said you were too soft yeah for umd yeah Are, so that... have you ever been have you have you ever been seen as soft <laughs> you're like probably one of the least soft guys i've ever seen <laughs> yeah i don't know that's uh that's what I was told, but it's pretty fun back. <laughs> yeah, that is good. I mean, now obviously, um, so when you commit to North Dakota, you know you're coming in. What are you visualizing? You know, what are, what are you picturing? What are you hoping for? Because, you know, you're this guy coming out of the MJ. You're undrafted. Um, you know, I don't know how much scholarship you were on when you came in, but, like, what were you hoping to get out of UND when you were coming in? Uh, I don't know. I was just trying to fight for a spot. Uh, I think, thank God I knew Zach Yon played against him for many years through high school. We didn't know each other that well. Actually, it's kind of a funny story. Back in Pee Wee's, we had a thing with Rozo where we would go up and play uh, like two games against them. We'd play a game and spend the night with like a host family from the guys on the team. And then we'd play the next night. And so my billet, billets, my host family was the Yon's who I stayed with as a peewee. And now looking back, oh, roommates, roommates for four years in college and great <laughs> friends with their family now. So that's pretty cool. But that is, yeah, good thing I kind of knew him, kind of get comfortable there. Um, I just remember my first summer skate. I'm like, these guys are unbelievable. I don't know what I'm doing here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, Smitty, I was telling you before, before we hopped on um, recording, I've said this on this. I've I've said this on these episodes before because we've talked about you and obviously your run with Nashville this year and uh, just how crazy it is to see your story. But I I vividly remember you know because that was my senior year and I remember you coming in for those summer skates, um, and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? He can't even skate, can't handle the puck. I mean, who the fuck recruited this kid? And then you know similar. Very similar story to uh, Rhett Gardner with you is, you know, guards had the same thing going on and he turned out he played every game and was a big piece of our team. So, um, I don't know. I just, I think it's so, I, I just think it's incredible, you know, your path and what you've come from. And I wish people now could see what you looked like in those summer skates and how <laughs> far you fucking come along since those days. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, I mean, if you want to come watch some summer skates again, I think you'll see a few similarities. Um, that's not exactly my game. Summer skates as is. Uh, that skill game kind of hanging out. So that's still not my forte, but definitely back in those first few skates. I'm like, man, like, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to play a game here. <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah. It was, a, it was a pretty big eye-opener. Yeah, I no. Um, I remember... Like a, one of our first skates, like not just the summer skates, but like 
when we went back to school and they had their pro camp that week and Brock and Cash and Schmaltz were all on a line together again for the summer skate. And I'm just like, what is, I call my dad right after. I'm like, these guys are on a different level. <laughs> They're playing a different game. <laughs> oh, yeah, hundred percent. But you make it, you make a valid point though, Smitty. Um, I've never looked good in summer skates either. I used to get so pissed off in summer skates because it's guys dangling around. You can't hit. You don't chip the puck in. You got to make plays. And I always looked bad in them. I'm just like, fuck these summer skates, man. This isn't even hockey. <laughs> and that's the same way I was. I was just like, fucking, fucking Nick Matson looks unbelievable out here. Like certain guys, I mean, certain guys out there, they look like they're fucking Ovechkin. They look like they're Gretzky. And it's like, I can't keep up, but then you play the, you play the real game. You know, there's so much more to it. You know, the workouts, um, there's role guys, right. And we talk about role guys all the time. And like for your instance, you know, there's plenty of guys in the American league this year that probably have way better hands than you, but they're, they can't play your fucking role, you know? So Mm -hmm. you, you found, you found a way to perfect that role. Um, and I, I like, Throughout your seasons, you know, I'm looking at your point total with UND. And, um, I mean, at what point do you realize, you know, do you always have this confidence in you that you're a good player, even though you're not getting points? And, and people understand this that listen to the episode because I say it all the time, you know, I never had points. If you look at my stat sheet, it looks like I was a terrible player. But in my head, I thought I was a very effective player. Just didn't show up on the stat sheet in the point column. Um and I always kind of had that belief in myself. I mean, did you always kind of, did you always kind of know you had this in you that you could take your game really to the furthest level you can take it? Yeah, I'd say there's always been that inner confidence in myself. Um, I think proving people wrong is a big thing in my life as well. Um, but yeah, the points wise, I think um, as you can see, they've increased almost every year, you know, depending on the level. My first year junior is a second level or second year. And then even from my freshman to my senior year in college is quite a bit better. But I think it's just getting comfortable with it. Um, even my first year in the AHL to my second year in the AHL um, was quite dramatic as well. And so I think just being confident and comfortable in the situation, the more years I can get under my belt, the better it will be. And it kind of has uh, gone that way. But, no, I've always had that inner confidence and trying to play that, that role that I have, um, like my senior year there at UND, me, Sendo, and Hayner, like, we might not have put up the most points, but we uh, we played every team's top line every night and had every shift. You don't, you don't want to be on the ice. You don't want to be on the ice when you guys are out there, especially as a <laughs> demon. Fuck that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I take pride in that kind of thing. We're being able to shut down top lines as well, especially in college. We had that, and I find almost more pride in that. Um, obviously, points and goals are fun because you contribute for the team, and you know, get to celebrate, which is always one of the best things, too. Oh, yeah, 100%. Now, Smitty, everyone, you know, our listeners know who you are. There are a lot of North Dakota fans. I mean, you're an NHLer, so everyone knows who you are at this point. But <laughs> And we talk about you being a freak. You know, we talk about Tucker Pullman. Um, he's a freak in nature. Cole Smith, he's a freak in nature. You know, were you always this physically fit? Does this come from your dad kind of being, you know, a trainer and, and being physically fit himself? I mean, where does this come from? And, you know, you said after each first year, you get better the next year. How much how much emphasis are you putting on your summers and training? 
Yeah, well, I think I've been kind of genetically blessed with with a lot of things like that. Um, obviously, my the, my dad's side of the family, the Smith family, is all super athletic, and uh, almost all his brothers and sisters played college sport of some sort. Um, even my grandpa, he was a college football player, professional boxer. But then you look at my mom too, and she was a college basketball, college track. So I got lucky in that aspect. And um, oh yeah. I don't, I, I get lucky with athleticism, but I also take a lot of pride in my work ethic. And especially the summers, that's kind of something I always take pride in, trying to show up into whatever camp in the best shape possible. And that's another kind of competition for me, too, against everybody is trying to be the best in shape. Most, I don't know, I'm just it's just the competitiveness in me and don't want to be out of work, that's for sure. 100%. I mean, that's why you've gotten to where you are. And um, yeah, I still remember you coming in for your freshman year, and everyone's like, Yeah, Tucker's Tucker's gonna win Iron Man. And Mark Pullman's like, Tucker's dad, he's like, No, he ain't. Cole Smith's <laughs> gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Smitty won Iron Man. It was great. Yeah, I mean, none of us were surprised. You're an absolute animal. Um, but like you said, you're blessed with genes, but that's one thing to be blessed with genes. You you also fucking worked harder than anyone I knew too. So um, obviously it's part of that, but now I'll get into your pro career, but I did, I do want to go over your college career here. When you're at North Dakota, Smitty, where is your favorite spot to go on the road? Could be the play atmosphere, um, food, whatever you did. Where's your favorite spot? Favorite spot. Um, for some reason, I always enjoyed going to Denver. I think, uh, obviously, hated hated them, and it was a great rivalry. But um, I just felt like playing in their atmosphere was always pretty fun. I mean, I, I always have decently fond memories of that place. I mean, my last senior year, we I think we swept them there, so it was pretty cool. Um, but I'd say either Denver or Western Michigan, I think a lot of people would say that just because of the loss in Lunatics. It's pretty pretty awesome. Uh, I heard your stories with Weston on their last pod, and that's pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a great one. I remember him doing that, trying to take the net off the ice so they couldn't shoot pucks in it. <laughs> Fucking such a Weston story, man. I I've known that kid since we were probably twelve years old. I'm just like that is not surprising one bit. Oh, uh, funny story with him too is like I played some like uh whatever summer hockey or whatever in minnesota and he was on my team for one weekend and i couldn't stand the guy i was like i hate this guy more than anybody and then played college <laughs> against him for four years and i'm just like i still absolutely hate this guy and i remember um bob's bringing us all in um to talk to us they're like hey we're thinking about bringing in this grad transfer west michelle i'm like no don't do it we don't need him <laughs> blah 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 and whatever happens they bring him in and he's like, yeah, we're going to put him, uh, like, you guys have room. Like you can live with you guys. You guys can kind of bring him under your wing, get him used to it. I'm like, God, I got to play. I got to live with this guy now. And I think our relationship is pretty funny because at the start, like I wouldn't give him the time of the day. He would just say this outrageous, stupid stuff. And I would just ignore him and not give him any time of the day. And now we look back and we're like, we're best friends. And he FaceTimes me randomly all the time. He's, comes to my house probably four or five times a summer for weekends and yeah he's he's unique and from going to hating the guy to absolutely loving him in a year is pretty hilarious <laughs> yeah that's that's actually hilarious it 
it's so many, it's so true with so many hockey guys you play with. You hate them when you're even when you play on their team at some points. When you play against them, you hate them, and then it comes around. and You're like, fuck this. This guy's a good dude. He's good shit. <laughs> yeah, it happens quite often. Um, so Smitty, I mean, run us through your last year with North Dakota. Now you're you're a junior. Have a good season, captain on the team in on your senior season. You know, was was the NHL at all an option right at this point before your senior before your senior season, or was that kind of still you know? You hadn't heard anything. Um, what was going on there? Yeah, I, I hadn't heard anything. Um, I knew there was a little bit of interest kind of out there, but I didn't even have an agent all the way until my senior year. I was, I was starting to play. I'm like, man, like if I want to do something after this, I better I better find somebody that started making some calls or some kind of agent for myself. So I actually texted Dean Grillo because I've known him forever. Went to Minnesota hockey camps forever. And I was like, Hey, like, would you mind like being my agent or doing something for me? He's like, yeah, awesome. I'd love to. So that was really kind of the first step was beginning of my senior year, just getting an agent. And so there wasn't a whole lot of NHL teams at that point. And then I was, as a, as the season progressed, like kind of talked to him some more, like after Christmas and he said, there's some interest out there and we'll see where things go. And we played it kind of low. He didn't really want to bring too much attention there. Just, focus on playing hockey and once once the season was over is when we would kind of sit down and kind of make our decisions and see what was out there yeah I mean that has to be pretty exciting for you I I, I don't know if I don't know if uh the NHL was ever in your in your radar you know coming into college you probably just wanted to make the lineup and, and continue to get better but um talk us through like I guess I, I don't want to go on past North Dakota just yet. I want to ask you, your your last year, your senior season, obviously ended short by COVID. Um, I mean, what's going on through your guys' head at this point? Like, you're the best team in the nation. You've got a great chance of winning the national championship, and the, and the season just ends. I mean, how do you guys cope with that? How do you deal with that? How do you get over that? I don't know. I think I'm still trying to get over it, maybe. Uh it was tough. It was one of those years where almost everything was going right for us. Like we couldn't lose unless we wanted to. Like we we'd we'd come in like down two goals in the third period and like nobody would have a care in the world. I was like, it's all right, like yeah. we're gonna win this one. Doesn't matter. I think we yeah. had five losses that year. And it was we were feeling it. We were get we got everybody healthy pretty much. We had three line three, four lines that have all played together pretty much the whole year and we were ready to make a run. And that thing shut us down just like that. It was right before our uh, – I remember it vividly was – it was a Wednesday. It was right before um, our first playoff. So we had the home series. Colorado College was coming to, coming to play us. And so that Wednesday, me and uh, Dale and Kears, we go out to Devil's Lake ice fishing. And we got no service out there or anything. And all of a sudden, like, we we get done fishing or driving home, and uh, it's getting, like, it's dark, and I finally start getting service. And then our phones start blowing up of how the NBA is canceling everything. And we're like, what? How is this happening right now? And all this stuff, we're like, I wonder if this is going to affect us. Like, maybe it's not. Like, this professional, like, college, whatever. We show up to the rink Thursday, yeah. and there's just a buzz in the air of different rumors, different stuff like that. Then they tell us to go home, and we're like, "Oh, we're well, we're not playing this weekend, obviously." So let's start drinking, 
And so we just <laughs> bunch of us got over to the big house and we started having some beers and stuff. I don't know, we're probably three, four, five beers deep right now. And we get the call that everything's shut down for the season. Come to the rink. We're like, what? And so we all have to show back up to the rink with a little bit of buzz on all just like crying. <laughs> we're like, we're done. Like, how oh, is yeah. it possible? Like, things happen so fast, which is the hardest part. Like, it was, it was really hard to even comprehend what was happening at that time. So thankful I wasn't in your guys' position. I would have fucking blew a gasket. I would have been trying to fight someone. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine going through that. Like, I was thinking about all the college, all the college kids and even the professionals, um, guys who were trying to make a name for themselves. It just... That was tough to see. I mean, I, I don't even know. Like And like you guys said, you had five. I think you guys had 26 wins and five losses. Um, by far the number one team in the nation. I actually crowned you guys on Twitter national <laughs> champions, so congrats. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. That, uh, that means more, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll move on from there. I mean, you end your senior season. You obviously had a great season. Um when did you play your first game in the NHL? Was that right away in the season, or was that later in the season? No, I played opening night, first game. That yeah. that uh, first season, opening night, and then uh, stayed for a couple of days on the taxi squad, and then got sent down. <laughs> Tough. I mean, what, what what's that playing like on opening night? You know, you're you come out of college, you you played for Steinbach and the MJ. You come in to, you come in North Dakota. You don't even know if you're going to play. Now all of a sudden you find yourself in the top league in the world playing for the Predators in Nashville. I mean, how do you garner yourself and just not have a heart attack? I don't know. It should have seen me try to take a pregame nap before that one. Uh, everything happened so fast. <laughs> so our training camp was like, it was COVID. So it happened in like the end of December, January. And it was like a 10-day camp, like so quick. I didn't even I didn't even have one practice with the team until our game started because I was just like one of those extra guys that was there, like the extra ten. They had like their full team that they basically had, then they had ten guys that would like skate after or whatnot, and I was yeah. part of that. So I was part of that after group. Um, we had like four scrimmages that we were all a part of, but then I was still with that after group, and then they made cuts, and I was still there. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just be on this taxi squad. There's extra room here. And then, like, I didn't know. All of a sudden, pregame skate, I show up, and my name's on the fourth line. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> so I'm like, holy fuck, I'm in the lineup. Yeah. I almost had to ask the coach. I'm like, am I actually playing tonight? Or, like, guys, <laughs> before we're walking out on the ice, guys are like, congrats on your first game tonight. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I haven't even practiced with you guys yet. And so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, get, I get out of the rink, and I just call my dad. I'm like, you guys won't believe this. And so I was, what's unfortunate is because of COVID that they weren't able to fly my parents in and stuff for that game. But, yeah, uh, yeah I wasn't able to take a pregame nap to save my life. Walked to the Starbucks down the road and got a couple of coffees and hung out and probably oh, got yeah. to drink way too early. But <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was exciting. Um, I wish there would have been fans in the stands. It's a little, little weird doing your uh, – first laugh with not a soul in the building but. probably felt probably felt just like a summer skate at UND you <laughs> yeah. know no one fucking in the building just hack watching yeah, the no one in the building. yeah. I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm back to these summer skates. I'm going to look terrible out here. I always think about that when you guys were playing in front of no fans. I'm like, how do they do that? Like, the reason I was getting up for games is like, there was fans in the stands. I was like, let's go. Like, there's fans in the stands. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you're playing a game. There's 50 people in the stands. You're like, this is a fucking throwaway game in Rochester. You should have played that, that, uh, that season. Because after I played that game, got sent down to Chicago because Milwaukee didn't play that year because of COVID. So we split teams with Carolina and Chicago and we're playing in their practice rink, the Hoffman Estates and their boards are harder than St. Clouds. And there's not a soul in there. It's the tightest rink. It's a practice rink. And we have, we play like 40 games in this rink. It was incredible. Oh, that's gotta be the worst coming, coming down from the fucking NHL. Just, living life private jet getting you know you get per diem per day when you're on the road it's like 200 bucks a day you're just living the life just and then you get down to the american league and that's when you're in the jungle and you're yeah. just fighting oh. for your life got a got a cool stat for you too i think it might you, you have to look it up to see how many people have ever done it but i went three three games in a row i went east coast nhl and then ahl those are my three games in a row that's right. I was looking at you. Get you played in the ECHL, which actually I think is the coolest thing ever. Like, how many times do guys play in the coast and they play in the NHL? Like, it's not many. Smitty's one of them. You know, you got Carter Rowney from uh, North Dakota. You've got uh, Aaron Dell, the goalie. But that is so sick. You played in the coast. I'm sure you were fucking pissed off at the time, but that is so nasty. Yeah, I think it actually helped a lot. What happened was, so I was training during COVID in North Dakota, and my agent calls, and he said that Nashville is going to send, like, six, seven guys down to their coast team in Florida um, just to kind of get train or like get games in practice and then get ready, and then after that you'll come up to training camp. So there ended up being, I think, six of us, me, Tanner Janot, Tommy Novak, um, Harper, Wilkes, and Devin Cooley and oh yeah so all so all NHLers Lucas Craig's yeah so that's the first time Gina and I met each other was down there we were roommates there and then we ended up being roommates in Chicago and then um he's kind of like are my family now um before training camp I'd come and spend spend a couple weeks at his him and his wife's place in Nashville before uh, the team would start paying for my hotel, so I don't have to pay 120 bucks a night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Smitty, I mean, how was how is it living in Nashville? Like, it's actually hilarious. You ended up in Nashville because you're a northern boy, you're a country boy, fucking like to drink beers, like to listen to country music, and here you find yourself in Nashville playing in the NHL. I mean, what what's life like? I've obviously visited there, you know, I've been there a couple times, a great time, but there's no way you guys are going on Broadway, like, it's it's so packed, like, it's insane, how do you, like, is there other places you guys, you know, have a little fun at, have some beers, or are you guys always going to Broadway on Saturdays? No, I, I mean, things couldn't have worked out better for me for the city that I'm living in, I absolutely love it, love country music, love having a good time, it's a, it's a buzzing city that... You're in the city, and you're buzzing around, but you can also, 20 minutes, you're out in the country, you can do whatever. Like, I go to the Nashville Gun Club all the time out there and hang out, yeah. and so 
it's awesome. But no, we don't go down to Broadway every weekend. Um, specific weekends, like if you have family and friends in town, obviously that's where they want to see. And so you go down there, you hang out. Um, as for the guys, we don't go down there too often. Once in a blue moon, we will, but we kind of have our local bar that is, uh, it's kind of our spot. And so even if we start downtown, we're almost always ending up at this place. I remember sitting in there and, uh, I mean, some nights you catch yourself in the beer fridge in the kitchen until 4 a.m. or something just because they just, oh yeah, they clean the bar and you and a couple of the guys are just sitting back there just bullshit until four in the morning. You're like, God. I should probably get home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no closing time when you're a predator, though. Oh, uh, hey, no. If you, if you play for the Preds, you can stay as long as you want, fella. I uh, know. I remember I got sent down last year when I was up. And so I was like, we got back on the plane. I got sent down on the plane. They told me, and they're like, you fly out tomorrow morning. You'll meet up with the team and play. I'm like, all right. Well, we got back at like 8. So I text Faz. I'm like, are we going? And have a couple beers? He's like, yep. So then the next thing I know, it's four in the morning in the beer fridge. And I'm just like, man, I got a flight at about 9 a.m. I better get to bed. <laughs> yeah, I better get a couple hours of shut-eye before I hit the flight. Yeah. That's uh, unbelievable. Well, I mean, what Smitty, I wanted to ask you, you know, like, you've been in Steinbach in Manitoba. You've been in Grand Forks, you know. Obviously in Grand Forks with UND, you get treated well, but how – you know, what's it like playing in NHL? You know, how, how much different is it the team-wise, you know, player-wise, um, coaches, I guess, just living life? How much different is it to being in the NHL than, you know, these spots that you've played before? Um, It's definitely unique in its ways. I think uh, facility-wise, I don't know, it's tough to beat UND and the way we're treated there. Um, it's just top-notch. But it's just, I think the everyday life of – uh, professional hockey I think you can attest to it as well it's just uh, it's different you know in college you hang out with your buddies 24-7 you're all hanging out and get to the pro level and um, especially I noticed in the NHL because there's a lot of established guys and that kind of stuff where they have they have their kind of families and they they have their own lives kind of and you meet up and you hang out for a while and then they go back and do their own thing so there's a there's a lot of alone time a lot of downtime where you're chilling by yourself trying to find stuff to do which is kind of tough for a guy like me that's busy. That's I got to stay busy all the time. So yeah, that part I notice is a big difference is just uh, the amount of downtime sure. that you have by yourself. Um, but I think I'm pretty pretty blessed with the team where I have where everybody's pretty close. Like I think it's not that not the same in a lot of organizations where all the players are so down to earth and so uh, outgoing and it's it's fun you know there's a certain group of guys that you tend to hang out with and it's uh it's pretty fun i mean i love everything about it um i loved everything about college but i also love this kind of independence and on your own as well and just uh more to life this way i think for sure 100 percent. i mean and you you kind of mentioned what you've been doing in your meantime you go to the gun club every once in a while but how do you keep yourself busy in pro? That was one of my biggest issues when I was playing professional hockey was, you know, I'd get done with practice and the teams I was on, we'd get home and I was in the time, I was in like the time period when I was playing pro of Fortnite. And yeah. I don't I don't play video games, so I didn't I've got nothing against video games. Good for you guys. I wish I liked them. I just I don't play them. 
I don't know why, but I just don't. And these guys were all getting home from the rink at like 12, 12.30. You know, we'd have we'd have lunch at 12, get home at 12.31 or whatever. And they'd hop on Fortnite and play the rest of the night. And I was just driving myself insane. Like, <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do? I tried playing Fortnite for like a week. I was like, fuck this. I ain't playing Fortnite. Like, this sucks. <laughs> so I had to like... I just always found myself on hikes or like I started driving DoorDash even like just dropping food off, listening to podcasts, <laughs> um, you know, just random shit. You know, I was just trying to keep myself busy. But like, how do you how have you been? You know, I mean, you've been in Chicago, you've been in Milwaukee, now you're in Nashville. How have you been keeping yourself busy on your downtime? Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot like you. I don't play a bunch of video games at all. I did get into Fortnite for a bit with my with my roommates um so like my first couple years especially in chicago a little bit in milwaukee i'd hop on Fortnite and play with pooley and yonner and those guys and it was it was more of a social hour just to kind of hang out and talk because no matter how good i got at that game i still sucked just like any video game i play it's that's that's also why i don't play is because i suck also my dad never allowed me to play video games either so that's another reason i think but sounds uh, similar to me <laughs> the downtime's tough man i some days I'll go on like four walks or like three, four walks. I'm just like, I got to get outside and Nashville, the weather's so nice. It's just like, I can't be sitting inside doing nothing. Like at least I can get out, go for a good walk, hang out. Um, I like the Nashville gun club. Um, with the Nashville um, weather, golfing's open year round. So oh yeah, that part, that part's pretty nice. Be able to go out, swing the clubs, go to the range, that kind of stuff. But it's definitely hard. I spent a lot of days where I'm just like, I feel like I'm a bum not doing anything. It's just like, especially days off. There's so many days off in the NHL, especially because you get back from road trips, you're playing games. Like, I think we went like a month and a half without one practice at 10 of the season. It was like almost two months without a practice. And it's so, nuts. It's, yeah, and our schedule is just insane. So there's no reason to practice, but yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely tough to, tough to stay busy i mean gotta start picking some things up uh as i go maybe learn some more get on the internet yeah yeah you might have to pick up the guitar and hang out with morgan wallen down there or something <laughs> yeah uh i i've actually talked to a few of my buddies down there to see if they'd teach me and they said they would but they i don't know if they know how musically declined i am so we'll see <laughs> same way i tried to play I, tr I tried to play the guitar for about two years and i i could play some songs you know I, I i learned some songs but fuck i almost feel you know just you know handicapped when i'm playing music it's just like this doesn't come easy to me like i'm not this i'm not that guy no i wish i wish i was like but i'm about as tone deaf and non-musical as it gets i mean i used to play the piano when i was younger but i hated every second of it so i made my mom take me out of classes but hopefully uh maybe i'll pick up a guitar next year i got we've got to know some good buddies in the music industry there and if anybody can teach me they should be able to yeah i mean you're in nashville you've got to you had to have met some pretty cool artists i mean because you're playing for the preds all those artists love the preds I mean, which guys have you met and, and spent a night with? Yeah, I mean, it's also nice. Uh, Ryan Johansson knows everybody in that town. And so it's uh, it's pretty cool. Some of the times I'm kind of got to pinch myself and be like, I'm actually just hanging out with these guys and chilling. Like, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I've got to know Chase Rice pretty good. 
Um, he's like one of Joe's best friends, so he's around quite often. And yeah. he's kind of a he's kind of a man's man, outdoors guy. Likes to hunt, likes to fish. Just got a hunt new hunting dog, so he kind of bonded over that a little bit. And oh yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll see people out like that. Like we'll be in little areas. Like one night, I was at Losers, just having beers there, and um, Hardy was like the seat next to me, so. I never introduced myself. Didn't want to be that fan like that, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's like right there. I should have, but no, it's 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 a pretty cool city because it's as big as it is. It's also pretty small, and a lot of people know each other. And yeah, um, that that aspect's cool. I've met a lot of really cool people. Uh, this this past year, it's been awesome. I mean, Nashville's such a poppin' town. Like they've got the Titans there. Obviously, Titans are big. Like. When you're walking around the town, is it does it have a Grand Forks feel at all? Where you know you can tell people know who you are because you play for the Preds, or are you not at that point? I mean, maybe they know Duchesne and Johansson, but yeah, I think your your normal Nashville residents and stuff will know that, like the big guys. Um, I I don't think anybody in the whole city would recognize me unless we know each other personally. <laughs> <I'm> actually, <laughs> yeah. The only time I got the notice in all of the times i was at kid rocks just with my family in an afternoon and she was from uh, bc so canada's a little bit bigger market so they they know their things over there but no it's kind of funny stories like we were at one of our bars uh tin roof and i think this was the year before and like ryan johansson like he's a big name like almost everybody knows him but there's just so many like non-locals that are there that just come in from everywhere and so Joe's at the bar with us, and the guy right next to him was wearing a Ryan Johansson jersey, and just has no clue that Ryan Johansson is sitting right behind him. So <laughs> that part's kind of cool. Is you kind of go out and do your thing and not get recognized, but it's, so it's a big enough city, but it's also small enough. Well, Smitty, I mean, you've been playing in the NHL for a year now. I mean, over a year, but this is your first full year. Who's the uh, who's the toughest player to play against? I mean. Not in terms of, you know, McDavid, but guy you play against and you're like, fuck, I got to go. I got to hop the boards again and battle this guy. Uh, that's a good question because I think if everybody that knows me knows I'm horrible with names, like pulling someone out of a hat is tough for me. Even like looking up at lineup sheets, like I don't know half the people just because <laughs> I'm just I'm just focused on what I'm doing. Um, I obviously yeah. look at certain stuff of what I need to do. But, um, I don't know, there's a lot of guys I think that I respect their games, and it's just like, you know, it's going to be a battle. Um, I think for me, a lot of things, like our team will put up, uh, like, a sheet with everybody's name and, like, their lineup with description of every player and then, like, a little emoji almost next to their name, like, what they're good at, like, shot or if they're fast. Or if they're a fighter, they'll have, like, an arm next to them and, I kind of look at whoever has an arm next to him and be like, oh, let's see uh, what we have to do tonight. Hopefully not getting into too many battles with these guys or <laughs> yeah. figure out what, what hand they throw with and that kind of stuff just in case. I'm not a fighter oh, yeah. by any means, but it's kind of some part of the role that I play. And so You want to know if the guy's a southpaw so you don't get fucking knocked to <laughs> fucking Mexico. Yeah, like Luke Shen. I don't want to be going squaring up with that guy and just getting <laughs> yeah. head taken yeah. off, which he probably would anyways, but. At least I can try to protect myself a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier uh, you usually take a pregame nap. Do you have, like, a 
game day routine kind of thing that you do every day or does it kind of um, switch every game? Yeah, it's a, I'm I'm pretty routine based. I wouldn't say I'm superstitious by any means, but my routine's pretty much the same. Um get to the rink, do our morning skate stuff, two minute ice bath, kinda get out. Um I usually if we're at home I like to make my own pregame meal. So I kinda make my own meal and I'm usually sleeping just before one till I set an alarm for just before three, but I usually wake up like within an hour and a half of that. So I just kind of set it as a precautionary and kind of wake up and uh, take a shower, take a cold shower to wake up a little bit, a little bit of a smoothie and a coffee and head to the rink at about uh, four, four o'clock, I think. Okay. Smitty, okay. Smitty, you mentioned to me, I was, now we, we snap every once in a while, just kind of keep in touch, but you're on the, uh, you're eating meat, carnivore diet a little <laughs> bit. How, how did that go? Um, I wouldn't say it's carnivore. It's more animal based. So it's just like, it's all meat carnivore, but also with lots of fruits and honey and sweet potatoes. I eat a lot of sweet potatoes, but, um, it went really well for me last year. Um, I like it. It's uh nutrition is always something I'm super interested in. So I, I kind of like to expand my knowledge as much as I can and kind of figure out what feels good to me and not only eat for performance, but also for longevity and health and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I know me and my new our nutritionist, we have, we have good, uh, good talks with each other, you know, kind of going back and forth. Um, we both respect each other in a lot of ways and it's, I think it's, uh, it helps both of us kind of talk it out and that kind of stuff. And so that, that part. Well, so you guys, fun. so you guys battle on some things. You're like, no, 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 this, this fucking works for me. <laughs> Like you say, it's, you say it's not good to eat, but this is, this is working for me. Yeah. Or vice versa, that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, she's, she's awesome. And I mean, it's, it's all good trying to make each other better and make myself better in that aspect. And I'm at least into it where I can kind of bring my own kind of knowledge and thoughts and that kind of stuff to it with my background. And so that part's pretty fun, but yeah, I've always been pretty interested in nutrition and yeah. eating healthy and that kind of stuff. Well, now, now, Smitty, you've, you've got all the listeners on the hook here because they're all wondering, like, okay, how often does this guy cheat on his diet? He's nutritional, you know. <laughs> how often is he having something shitty? Because I t- Olsen and I tell the story all the time, you know, like, Tucker comes in, he's 3% body fat. Everyone's like, Jesus, this guy's an animal. I just saw Tucker eating three frozen pizzas the night before. This guy just is a fucking freak. Now, are, are you the same way? Or are you just, can you eat whatever you want? Or are you like, you kind of, you got to keep it dialed in? No, I, I, I could eat whatever I want and be fine. Like, uh, physically looking, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that aspect, I can hammer pizzas. I used to eat Big Macs all the time. Um, Thursday nights, they had a deal that I'd always snag in high school, but. No, I've always been blessed with that high metabolism, that thing. But I think just health-wise, I've opened my eyes to a lot of things. And so I I wouldn't say I'm perfect by any means. Nobody is. But I try to stay pretty pretty consistent, especially during the weeks. You know, maybe a Saturday if I'm out on the boat or something hanging out, we'll run into Zorba's and grab a couple tacos yeah. and pizza or something like oh, that. Yeah. But you get, there's, there's a line where you're so strict, but also – I, I like to eat healthy, so I enjoy it. So it's not like a lot of work for me to do that. For sure. Did I mean 
Now this all comes down to discipline, your diet and everything with discipline. Did, is this something you learned from your dad? He kind of held you up to, or is this kind of something you've, you've, you know, grown on your own and, and just become disciplined because it, it what it's what makes you feel better. Uh, no, we've, we've always had been pretty disciplined <laughs> from, from a young age for sure. Um, uh, I, you've, you've probably, you've met my dad before. He's, he's kind of like your oh, yeah. dad, <laughs> a little intimidating, yeah. especially as a little yeah. kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I, I never wanted to screw up. If I ever screwed up, I wouldn't tell him. I'd tell my mom first and be like, how, how do we tell dad I did this? <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. So there's always been the, that discipline in my life. And so it's carried on for sure. But I think it's, it's funny looking back at those different stories of, screwing up and just like man we can't tell dad this happened <laughs> oh yeah that was always mine that was always mine like i fucked up real bad i gotta go to mom mom what do I do here? <laughs> you know mom what do i say he's gonna fucking kill me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i need a voice of reason here i'm scared shitless yeah. right now <laughs> yeah yeah good stuff well, Smitty, uh, obviously I asked your favorite spot to go on the road in North Dakota. Where's your where's your favorite spot to go on the road in the NHL and why? Um, I like Tampa and Dallas. Um, just their arenas are awesome. I think Tampa's arena is so fun. You I mean you had a lot of fun there. But it's uh, you got to go to the warm weather. You got to hang out in some nice weather. They have really good restaurants down by the beach and stuff like that and the food is unbelievable, especially in Tampa. I think Tampa would probably be my favorite. Um, just fresh, fresh fish, that kind of stuff. Warm weather, great fans. Yeah. It's always a great game against them. I mean, they're hard nosed team too, and they play hard. So it's, it's never an easy given night, which, which is tough. But there's never an easy night in the NHL. So yeah, it's a it's a fun road trip. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, Tampa's the best town ever. Um, I'll always say that. Just because of 2016, you know, fucking own that town. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, Janos, your your boy is in Tampa. So when you guys, I mean, Janos hard hard nosed motherfucker. When you guys are, did you battle him when he was on Tampa? Thank God we didn't play him this year once he got traded. So I haven't I haven't played he would have he would have ran you through the wall. <laughs> I know he's uh, he's he's a man amongst boys, even in the NHL. He's so so strong he's uh one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet but also one of the guys you do not want to get in his way he's he's awesome though i mean i know what he hits like based off training camp you'll hammer him and be like sorry man it's like it's all right we're we're best yeah. friends but we're both yeah. trying to make a team here <laughs> oh, yeah. so that'll be kind of fun you know playing against him again um He's, he's just an awesome dude, and hopefully he has the best time down there. For me, that was tough when we had that trade just because he's one of my close friends on that team, and it's kind of an eye-opener in the NHL is one guy you think might be safe on the team, and he's he's gone like that. And Even that trade yeah. deadline this year was an absolute whirlwind, and you just didn't know what was happening the next day, and it was wild. Well, I wanted to bring that up a little bit because I saw a clip of Tyson Berry walking into your guys pregame meal i think it was on the road and he's like hey boys what's up what's going on and everyone's just like no one said a word to him <laughs> like hey man hey man <laughs> it was like fuck that's awkward for barry eh? he's trying to be boys boys with everyone and everyone's just like fuck this guy <laughs> yeah 
he's uh <laughs> luckily he's he's an absolute personality he's he's so much fun and i think i went to dinner with him and uh where were we uh i can't remember where we were but i went to, oh chicago went out to dinner with him like two days after he got got on the team and i was like this guy is unbelievable he's yeah, yeah. one of the funniest guys ever he just gets on a roll and it's like he'd been on the team like the entire year like two days in just having a blast and so he's he was a great addition um i mean it sucks that anybody has to go like Eki, but to bring in a guy like that who has a personality like that and can fit in is and also he's a top end player too for sure so for it's sure. pretty awesome for sure and, and then smitty you mentioned you you went to dinner and you go on runs so when you're on the road in the NHL, some days are off. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you got a day off. You know, you, you, you're on the road for a while. What are you doing mostly on the road? Are you hanging out with the guys? Are you kind of doing your own thing? You know, so I'm, I'm sure some guys are shopping. Some guys are going out to dinner. You know, what, what were you doing? Yeah, the days off on the road are kind of depends on kind of what time you get in too, how when you're going to wake up and try to stay busy for a while. Um, depends what city you're in too if you're gonna go shopping if you're gonna go grab lunch i like to get out for a walk like i said earlier but uh you just kind of get prepared for dinner because dinner on the road i think is one of the best things in the world i mean any uh night on the road you're you're going out to a nice well i eat steak oh, yeah. so a nice steak dinner and you get like four to six guys together and you go out and have a, just a great meal and I think that's one of my favorite parts about being on the road is those dinner nights and it's, it's an awesome time. Yeah. So uh, kind of thinking about uh, the road spots in the NHL, what's kind of the harder places to play in in the NHL? Like what, what arena do you kind of not want to go to just because it's a hard place to play in tough guys? Um, Playing in Carolina, I think is one of the hardest places in the world. Um, Their fans are, nuts it's a loud building and they play so fast it's they play such a fast game so it's it's a tough one it's kind of an older building too and i don't know it's that place of uh predators in the last few years have played a lot of games there and i find that one really tough to play in which is pretty crazy that florida was able to pull out two two games in carolina i thought that was insane I mean, one would have been huge for him, but to pull two is massive. Would you, would you ever, would you ever seen what's happening with Florida? Like, could you ever predict that? No, not in a million years, I don't think. Because, well, if two, we beat them. We were two and zero against them this year, and I mean, they're they're playing a hard game right now. But those both those times that we played them, I was just like, man, like we're right with these guys. Like, they're not too hard and that kind of stuff. But obviously, they're they've got it going right now. Bob is playing out of his mind and they're kind of pulling in the right direction. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, that's – it's incredible. Yeah, so, I mean, you said you're not good with names. So, if, if you don't have a certain person or whatever, that's fine. But thinking through your NHL and college days, is there somebody that stands out that was kind of the biggest loudmouth on the ice, got the most chirps, always had something to say to you? Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Because, I mean, in college it would have been Weston to start for sure. That guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never stops flapping the mouth. No, never. And it doesn't matter who you are, he won't stop. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we got a guy on our team, Mike McCarron. I think he's comical. He he doesn't stop talking. Mick? Yeah, you know him. He is. 
he'll just say the most random things. It doesn't even make sense. After time, <laughs> I'm sitting next to him. I'm like, what did you say? He goes, I don't know, man. <laughs> Big Mac. So he's got his own of, language. Yeah, he's one of my favorite human beings, and he's he's hilarious to sit next to you on the bench because he'll just just spurt something out out of nowhere. I'm like, what'd you do? He goes, I got it. That's my game. I have to say something. I'm like, all right, you do you. <laughs> That's me chirping the whole time. I've seen him, and he's a big, he's a big, tough motherfucker. I mean, you do not want to fuck with Big Mick either. But no. he's, he's not, he's obviously like not the toughest guy in the game. He's one of the tougher guys, and he flaps his mouth sometimes. When we were younger, I played with him in Ann Arbor, and we're playing older junior teams, and he's chirping, you know, 25 year old guys on college teams, and they're like, buddy, I'll fucking break you in half. And, <laughs> big big mix just like fucking bring it buddy yeah he's he's one of a kind I, I love that guy i played with him the last two years and he's he's quite the character and everything you get is what what you see is what you get with him and that's awesome smitty do you do you kind of you've got a lot of college players on your team you know and and do you do you gravitate towards the college players a little more than the chl players or is it doesn't really matter it's just different personalities yeah, it doesn't really matter too much. Um, I think, well, no, Novak and I, we, we roomed together for two years in uh, Chicago and then in Milwaukee last year. Um, so we're, we're pretty close there. Um, Fabro, he played for BU. Um, I got to know him pretty well. I mean, we're pretty similar age, that kind of stuff. But other than that, I think it doesn't really matter too much. Um, like Colton Sissons and Johansson and stuff are kind of my closer buddies too on that team. And they obviously didn't play college. so. Between those four, I mean, it's right even, so it, it doesn't matter too much. Obviously, I think you're playing with a college guy, you have some common ground to talk to right away, which is kind of nice. Sure. Um, but other than then that, you get, once, then you get then you get to chirp the CHL guys, you know, like yeah, oh yeah, how's it playing fucking dub and OHL? Oh, that's sick. Yeah, should have seen our should have seen our fucking college party buses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Should have been at the pit on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Should have been in Laramore off the party bus trying to climb the fence with us in the backyard. <laughs> uh, I, I I tend to tell a few college stories and like some of the guys just don't believe it and they're just like, Man, I, I should have played college. Like Big Mac's like, Man, I had to play college. But there's no way you would have got through. Dude, he would have failed out, but that guy is a college player, Big Mac. He was made for college. Yeah, for sure. Well, Smitty, um, it's been great having you on, man. Thanks for giving us the time. And and I did want to say, you know, I'm hoping, you know, the, the Preds made a push this year. I was hoping you guys would make it. But hopefully you guys make the playoffs next year because you're the guy. Like, there's always guys in the playoffs. We're watching these guys. Who's this fucker? And then after the playoffs, you're like, Jesus, that guy's good at hockey. That is you. When you get into playoff hockey, you will be fucking dominating. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I know it's going to happen. I'll be watching. I'll be fucking tweeting out. Like I <laughs> called it, you know, like I said that, um, but no, thanks Spinny for making the time. It's been awesome catching up with you again. And, uh, obviously I'll, I'll keep snapping you. Hopefully you'll keep replying. To, who knows how big you get. You know, <laughs> the big timers don't have much time, you know, best, best takes a couple days to reply nowadays, but, um, thanks for coming on Spinny. Really appreciate having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was a great time. And if you get any time this summer, let me know. Come on up to Brainerd. We'll get on on the lake and play some golf. 
I'll I'll be in Brainerd a few times, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll cross paths. All right, I'm not too far from Clint now, so we'll be right there. I like it. All right, thanks, Smitty, and uh, thanks everyone for listening this week. We'll see you all next week. Forever.